Welcome back to the Compound Podcast, presented by Parse Rum. My favorite rum, your favorite rum. I don't know if you know this, but Zach's on his phone and Dakota's on their phones to start no, the episode. No, I'm not. Oh, oh, oh a couple of guys looking at I'm their I'm reading phones. about the minor league lawsuit, and we're going to get some money. It's all right. You guys are just going to have higher screen times than me. I 100% think it's the perfect time of year to be drinking Parse Rum. And if you're thinking about a gift for the holidays, if you're thinking about, I'm going to go... And it's going to be Thanksgiving soon. I'm going to be with my family and I'm going to see some people I haven't seen in a while. Spread a little bit of thanks with a bottle of Parse rum. A little bit of thanks. But and you're planting a tree at the same time. While you're yep. buying a gift for somebody, you're also planting a tree and saving the earth. Can't beat that. Talk about making somebody happy than making the world happy. You know? That's all. That's what it comes down to. That's what it's all about. I have to start this episode... By saying this weekend, I was in uh, Chicago to celebrate my great friend, Danny Mueller's wedding. You guys both know Danny. I do. Danny got married. It was a absolutely beautiful ceremony and celebration and uh, had a wonderful, wonderful time. Got to see some old friends, some old uh, Cubby employees and, well, I guess they're all employees, but players and staff members. Um, and it was really, really great. How old is Danny? 31, 30, one. He, he was he was so good to us in big league camp. Oh, he's a goat. The best. He was one of the people, too, that would still remember our names after we got sent down to minor league camp, which doesn't always happen, surprisingly. People, no. uh, some people, will, as soon as you get sent down, it's you're back to being dirt again. Cutthroat. Danny is not it, that it, guy. It, Ian, is that not true? That is No, it is true, but Danny, but not for Danny. No, not for Danny. That's what I mean. That's why he's awesome. Because he still texts me every like randomly every now and then talking about the pod. Like I might yep. get a text about this once he listens. You I hope so. This is a test. This is a test. Danny is the best, the best clubhouse guy in the game. He is so good at his job, and he's just a really kind, thoughtful person. And I love him very much. And uh, it was really, really awesome to see him get married to Gracie, his wonderful wife, who is also fantastic. It's my shout out for Danny for the pod. I was gonna say you giving him a fluff, hoping he'll give you some free gear, a little extra gear next year. Well, free, free gear is. I was gonna say making, free. It's already free. Instead of me flipping twenties for a pair of shorts. Uh, <laughs> you got, you're good for it if you need to. So, you got the money. Good point. Do you guys want to talk about the gold glove ceremony that I was at? Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna talk about myself for a while. My weekend. I sure do. I flew. Uh, I was in. I was in Chicago, and then I flew to. Last time we talked. I was in Chicago, so now I'm in I'm in Austin again. We know Told you're in Austin because a- you got your psycho wall behind you. I will, yep, yep, psycho wall. I will be in a different city every time we record for the rest of the times that we record. Um, I was in Chicago, and then I flew Friday morning to New York for the Gold Glove ceremony, and then I flew back Saturday morning for Danny's wedding. But the ceremony was really, really cool. I did not know they were going to give me my actual glove, like for next year. With the patch on it, we texted about this. How how cool is that, dude? I mean, when I when they I got there and I was like checking in, and then they were like, "Hey, we got some for you." And I opened the box and was like, "Oh!" I was kind of they were filming me too, and I was kind of overwhelmed. But it was so cool to see like my exact glove, my model. I think I had one made exactly like that for next year, and then I think I have a different color too. But to see that with the gold, like to have my name on the glove with the gold patch, was so. I mean, Surreal. I 
I, for one, would have gotten emotional like when I saw that. And like, it, it's funny that I was going to ask you, were they filming you or was that kind of like staged? Because there was a video on Twitter and I was like, it's kind of impressive because I feel like I would have been not at a loss of words, but like you said, kind of overwhelmed. They don't really know what to say. Like that would have 100 percent been me. Yeah, they were kind of filming because we were like I was like signing some stuff and they were filming kind of the whole thing. And then they had the it was right next to the trophy. So they were kind of filming the whole time. And I was I really was. they did a good job of editing that 10 seconds to not make me look stupid because I kind of was at a loss for words and uh, and and stumbling. But it was it was like hard to not get emotional. And like you just think about all those years and all the times as a kid that you were like thinking about that and like trying to be, you know, this what you see on TV. Um, but the coolest part about the whole ceremony was just like they bring so many guys back that have won like ozzy smith was there andrew jones was getting an award um trying to think there were so many guys and i don't want to leave anybody out but i'm going to matheny don mattingly uh just so many dudes and it was it was so cool to be around that like pedigree and like guys that have won that award so many times and that you look up to as a kid and then watching nolan win his 10th in a row just like kind of I mean, was that, that perspective. Well, tenth in a row, and then fifth platinum. Sixth. What? That's disgusting. It's gross. How do you not get into a fucking filming and slump in ten years? That's and the, even the coolest thing. He hits three hundred too. Like he just rakes too. That's why he's paid. I've, oh. I've heard about him. Like I've heard he is the biggest baseball rat of all time. And like I'll hear I things mean, like. He'll go out in the field with like just his bat at like two o'clock in the outfield. Again, this is all. Oh my god! This is all just people. You would live in his pocket. No, I think that'd be that's just so oh cool my, for somebody would, who's like you'd stalk him. He'd file charges. Star, like just holding his pocket, star. walking around. Literally, it'd be like prison. Like he'd be holding his pocket. Like Nolan, what are we doing now? Like teach me. Are you done? I want to put him glove too, please, Nolan. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fucking sick. No, and that's not. That's not even a knock on you. You are a. You are also a baseball rat. It felt like a little bit of a knock. Well, it was just because I know Zach and I know that he would just absolutely stalk him and try to and be best friends with him. Like he would make himself be best friends with Nolan Uh in the best way possible. In a good way. In a good way. Like like we did with Ian. We forced our way into Ian and now he loves us. Happens, you know. Same guy. You have anything else, Zach, or that's it? That's all you had. What the f- what am I getting dog Tom? Do you see this? It's tough. It's tough for you right now. What the fuck? I thought that was a good job. All right. Tom, I'm you know keep what, going. Ian? You look you look like a fool on Twitter on that video. How about hey, that? Okay. What I was gonna right. say, hey, you know, hey, well, what I was gonna say though is for Ian stumble over words, that's how you know it was a big thing because Ian is he's a professional. Like you don't ever get like nervous. Yeah, Ian. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about you fumbling over like your me words, right Ian. now. The way I'm fumbling, like I don't know what to say. Like that's you never do that. Like in interviews, because you're you know you're a marketer. You know what you're doing. Well, I'm a media. I'm a I'm part of the uh, media. Because you're always networking, so you know what to do. I the other thing that I didn't realize was going to happen there is I didn't realize that they were going to have the actual like your actual trophy. I didn't really get to spend that much time with it. I literally like picked it up and took a picture. And now thinking back, like I should have gone on stage after and actually like spent some time and like seen it, but like seeing your name on it with the glove and everything, it's exactly your model that you used in gold. And it's a real glove. You can, it's not metal. It's a real glove. You can take it off of the stand 
and like play catch with him. Yes. No. On the trophy? Yes. Nah, that can't be right. Yes. See, there's no way that thing's not metal. Like it's like it's like molded. Nope. Hang on. You're gonna have to like show us on the pod. I will show you once I they're gonna send it to me. Once I get it, I will show you. Okay. Oh my god, he's right. (laughs) It's a real glove made of leather in gold. Which is insane. That's crazy. But I will once I get it, we can talk more about it. And I'll bring it, I'll bring it as a guest on the pod. As a guest. We'll interview. Speaking of guests on the pod, I I vowed to get us guests this offseason. Now the baseball's done. And I went out there and I pounded the pavement. Okay. I'm not did gonna you? name names. Did you? I'm not gonna name names. You did? There's like I have like a list of guests that's like you better text these people a full week in advance if you want to set it up. Did you do and that? Then I have, and then I have like a last minute list. I went into my week in advance list, texted a few people, actually one that I was like, this is going to work. I was like, did this you get ghosted is- by the no, person? No. I think well, I'm kind of, of, kind of pretty much not like yeah. ghosted, but like, how are you not texting me back? This is frustrating. And, uh, when that person finally comes on the pod, I will, um, we will know who it is. And that was tough for me. And then, so later in the, and then, you know, like I said, traveling all over the place, then later in the week, uh, maybe Saturday, Sunday, I texted, uh, another friend and I was like, this person's talked to me about coming on the pod. They'd love to come on. They had a conflict, couldn't make it. And so I reached out to the, to the compound group text. And I said, boys, I'm struggling. What do we got? And Dakota and who stepped up? Dakota stepped up. Okay, this is Dakota's guest. The moment of need. Dakota hasn't prepared at all for the guest, but we won't say that. I don't need to prepare. What do I need to prepare? I played with the guy. This is a, we do a lot of preparation. I gave you three questions already as topics. Oh. Did I not? Is that so? Uh, So would you like to intro the guest or don't mean to intro the guest? You keep, you're rolling. Before I tell the viewers who this guest is. They, they, they won't the guest's name know. is in the title. Everyone knows who the guest it's is. It's not like a secret. Yeah, I have to put it in the title. No, nah, feels like a secret. Feels like a secret. Feels like a secret. Everyone knows. All right. You know what? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Breaking news. It's just in the title. Steel. This it's is stupid. Steel, in case this is stupid. This is karma. This is karma for you being mean. I'm leaving the pod. <laughs> I miss when Ian edited, so we didn't edit shit and just have, like this right here would just stay because we're like, ah, it takes too long. Like, let's just go. We, we, speaking well, French, we would say that. By we, we I meant that. like I the would royal say that because we, I was like, the one the up royal editing this we. shit while you were watching goddamn Harry Potter and fucking. Oh, like you weren't watching Entourage. Like you didn't have it on. I couldn't watch because I was too busy editing this with my headphones in for hours. I want to talk about athletic greens, okay? Because if there's one person that drinks his athletic greens every day and epitomizes athleticism, it's Justin Steele. Justin Steele. AG1. That's right. That's like, I'm surprised Justin doesn't have an AG1 tattoo on his forehead for how athletic he is, huh? You should see him hit a golf Dakota ball. Dakota is on his phone. I'm trying to use, I'm trying to go and I'm texting do an ad with you. Our and you're guests, texting, making sure and you're texting. I'm sick and tired of it, okay? But I'm you know what I'm not sick and tired of athletic greens because I have them every day now. I'm an athletic green guy. Tom loves this ad. I'm an athletic green guy. 
Okay. When I don't have time, which is every day and I need more energy, I put AG1 in some water. I mix it all up and it tastes great. It tastes great. It has 75 high quality minerals, vitamins, whole food source, superfoods and probiotics. AG1, get your AG1. Uh, Athletic Greens, they're going to give away one free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase athleticgreens.com slash compound athleticgreens.com slash compound and you get the five free travel packs i used on my trip on my I don't trip believe you i don't believe that you used on, it yes on my trip i'm trying to tell you i just went on this trip i no. packed seven i was gone for a week maybe it was gone for nine days Cap. nine days i packed nine <laughs> athletic greens travel packs and i took a shaker from wrigley and i drank athletic greens every day do you wish you would have tried it sooner then Yes. Okay. If I'm going to be honest, I wish I was drinking it all season. I probably would have hit those three more pumps I needed to get to 20. Can we talk about Justin Steele really quick? Okay. Yes. Before Justin gets on, which is in just a couple seconds, Justin made 24 starts this year. He had a 318, 119 innings. Might be the most innings of his career. Tom, look that up. See if he ever threw more than that in the minor leagues. 119 innings. He's a new dad. Son Bo. Great year. Great year for Justin. Unreal year. Sneaky, sneaky, really good year. Sneaky, really good year. He really, he took over that starting role. Had he that second half he had? He like he came out of the break and just absolutely dominated in the second half, and it was really fun to watch. Tom, his minor league high was with Zach and Dakota in 2017 in Myrtle Beach, 98 innings. So first time he's ever eclipsed 100. 98. First Actually, time he's ever thrown over 100. And he had TJ three quarters of the way through that year. I remember that. Do you remember where we were, Dakota? Uh. Frederick is yeah. what it's called. Frederick yeah. Keys. Yep. Because he played catch the day after. We'll wait. We'll talk about this more when he comes on. But uh, I remember because the next day he like went and played catch. And they're like, yeah, like let a couple go. See how it feels. And like I was watching. I go, oh, he's fine. He's throwing hard. And he goes, that hurt a lot. And I was like, well, why'd you keep throwing? Then he goes, I don't know. And it was uh, it was torn. But it was weird because, like, he was still playing catch the next day. Like, he finished his outing. He's like, man, my elbow feels like shit. Let's go. How are y'all doing? What's up, brother? How you doing? Doing good. Played uh, played in a tournament day with uh, three of my buddies. We played played decent, but uh, it was a lot of fun. And then just got home, ate some dinner, hanging out with Bo and Lib. Love that. Are you in Chicago? No, I'm back home at my oh, mom's okay. in uh, Mississippi. Oh, Mississippi boy. Mm-hmm. I saw you on the yeah. tractor. Yeah, I'm just moving. Hey, you know, <laughs> never forget your roots. You know, you you get you get some showtime. Don't matter. The the two tractors I was driving to, one is literally from like '69, and the other one's like a '19 model, 2019. So it's like I'm driving two tractors that are just complete opposite of one another. Dakota, you know about that. You know about driving two tractors. That's that yep. That's me. I'm, I'm real <laughs> hands handyman. That's me. Thank y'all for having me. This is this is quite the honor. I'm a weekly listener. I love that so much. That's why I told him that because when you texted me last week or like two weeks ago, I was like, "Let's go!" I was like, "Steel loves it." Yeah, listen all the time. Those times during the season, I'd go up to Hap and like make a comment about one of the episodes, or whatever. I fucked him. Awesome when I we hear it. that. I, I think it's so funny. I think it's more funny than anything. It's just like your boys listening to you talk baseball that you talk about every single day of all day 
I've gotten to a point where like I hardly listen to music unless it's like in season or something. Like all season, all I do is listen to podcast. I'm the same way, honestly. Yeah, because like especially you during football. Yeah, or if like a new album comes out or something, obviously. But podcasts yeah. are way more interesting. I agree. Steely, tell me about being a dad in the off season. This is your first off season as a dad, Bo, the best. What do you got? Mm-hmm. Dude, he's the man. He's huge. He's four months now. It's like just under 20 pounds. Um, but it's been really good to spend a lot of time with him this offseason. Him and my family, it's been nice. We've been home for about a week now. Been good seeing everybody. It's, yesterday was uh, Bo's barbecue. So, like, it was everybody's first time to meet him and stuff. And that's why I was moving hay around. We were, like, blocking the wind from blowing in and, like, destroying everything. But, um, yeah, he had his barbecue yesterday. Everybody showed up and I met him for the first time. So it was really good. I was just having a conversation uh, the other day about, like, being a baseball player and having kids or being on our schedule, being part of – and you get, like, two days. Like, you you know, you go for the birth and then you're there for, like, a day and then you're back with the team. With our schedule, you're traveling so much. Like, it's really tough. Um, And I think, like, you – you went through that how was that just like the beginning when you're trying to spend as much time with your family as possible but you got the commitments of being a baseball player yeah it, it was a it was kind of a roller coaster because like she started um dilating or whatever and you got to get to like four centimeters and she was at two for like a week and a half or something so like we were kind of just like waiting to go like as i was like still playing and pitching and whatnot and then i think when y'all went to uh, it was when y'all went to the dodgers and she was like, do any day. Um, that's like when we started the paternity leave or whatever, just because like it was across the country. And if she was to go into labor, you know, while we were over there, there was like a good chance I would like not be there for it. So when y'all went on that trip was when I was able to take the paternity leave. And then he ended up being born on my birthday, which is like really cool. So uh, I didn't really know special. that. Yeah, the, definitely the coolest birthday present ever. That's seeing him, seeing him Wow. It, it was really special. Um. Also, I was thinking like in season with a kid, I feel like obviously you had an unreal second half, so this didn't happen often, but I feel like for me, I always look at like, if you go out and have a bad outing and you come home and you see your baby, it's like, I don't care. Like I, you're not oh, yeah. near as mad about how you just pitched. If you come home and you see your little boy. Yeah, it gives you, it definitely like opens your eyes in different ways and gives you a different perspective on things. Definitely that though. There was definitely an outing where uh, like, like I gave up a, like two or three runs or something and like Libby and I were talking about the game and stuff and I get home and I like see him and like everything just goes away, you know, Yeah. all the stresses of work and whatnot. But, um, you know, it's it definitely like it kind of set, I would say it kind of set a fire under me too, like having that responsibility of being a dad and stuff and made me focus a little more work, a little harder. It get, just kind of opened your eyes to things. For sure. Talk to me about that second half about, making 24 starts and then really like learning how to be a starting pitcher in the big leagues. What, what was that thing or, or number of things or, that you learned that you were able to really flip that switch and, and be the guy that you were towards the end of the season? Yeah. I mean, even uh, like the second half of last year when I was starting and stuff, I kind of just always felt like the thing I was missing is just kind of like consistency, consistency in the zone, locating pitches and whatnot. And I just felt like as the year played out this year, I just kind of got better and better with that. Just, you know, moving my four seam around, you know, manipulating the cut and the ride and whatnot, and then throwing the slider off of it. I feel like the slider, you know, I 
last year was kind of the, one of the first few years using it. I feel like I really took even a bigger step forward this year with it, being able to locate it where I want it and whatnot. And I think them two pitches kind of, you know, is what separated me uh, this year from last year, especially in the second half. I was able to really hone in on them two pitches. And then, you know, if a, if I was facing a guy where it kind of, you know, told me that I need to throw a change up or a two seam or, you know, I throw two seams into lefties and stuff, just m- mixing in them other pitches and just making sure I was sticking to them to my bread and butter. I think for sure, too, I noticed at least because me and Zach played with you in 17, like coming up and all that. Back in like Myrtle, it was literally like you were a starter then. And it was more just like, here's the fastball. Like, you're just going to throw the shit out of your fastball. It's like, ah, it might cut. It might two seam, but like, they're not going to hit it. And then you'll throw a curveball. And I feel yeah. like this year, getting the consistency of being a starter the whole year, too, you were able to work on, like, all right, like, I want the ball to do this. I can make it do this versus like, ah, we'll just throw the shit out of it and we'll see what happens. Like, it was, yeah. it was cool to see because, like, I, I could tell a lot since we played with you in 17 how much you've like matured as a pitcher, you know? So that was just sick for me to watch at least. Yeah, I mean, and there's still definitely the moments where I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to heave this thing over the plate. We'll yeah. see what happens. <laughs> yeah, you get 0-2 or something. You're like, ah, store as hard as I can. We'll see what happens. What I noticed is the ability for you to really dominate that glove side, to pitch inside and open guys up for that slider. And then as we talked throughout the year, you know, it felt like you started to learn hitters and the way that you were going to, start at bats and finish at bats and how that played out for the second time through the order. We talked about, and what if I start a guy with a curveball? you know, if that, what is that? I felt like you were just learning throughout the season. Just talk us through, like, as you made those starts, what were some of those things that you learned just going through the year? I think a lot of it was just like kind of getting comfortable out there, you know, pitching at Wrigley or whatever big, big league stadium we were in. But a, definitely a big factor was like facing teams multiple times. So, like, I think I ended up facing the Brewers like six times. So, I mean, you know, seeing the same guys in the box over and over again, you learn to like see what your pitches are doing to them in different situations and whatnot. And, you know, like facing the Brewers, I feel like I was just getting better and better as I was facing them more because I was just seeing them swing at my pitches. And, you know, if I see one thing that they're not hitting, I'll just kind of keep going to it. And then that kind of um, relays into like getting deeper into games, going through an order like three times. I feel like I took some big steps forward this year, like facing a lineup multiple times. But like last year, especially like one outing I think back to is the Cardinals last season. Like once I got third time through the order, they were just kind of almost predicting what I was going to throw and, you know, hammering. And I felt like this year I did a lot better job of, you know, mixing things up and, you know, finding ways to get through the order that third time. I I was going to say it's so frustrating for a hitter. Like when you're starting facing a guy like three, four times in like a month where it's like you just keep getting dominated. And it's funny because sometimes it goes the opposite way where it's the more you see a pitcher, especially like out of the pen, you know, like you're, it's like, oh, I get, I'm way more comfortable facing this guy. But as a pitcher, as a starter, you're like, oh, I've seen so many of these at bats and swings. It's like, okay, now I kind of have an idea of what we're going with and try to combat it. I think as that's the hardest part, because you're like, oh, well, they've seen me and I've seen them. It's like, all right, now you, you, you're like, you can go with anything almost. Exactly. And I feel like one of the weirdest games I had this year, like one of the weirder lineups I faced was the Rays. And it was because like, I, I don't even, I think Bowling Green was the last time we faced yeah. the or something. Yeah. And I was, and I, I don't like, I had no idea how these guys are doing this year. So I remember I had to like actually look at their numbers, look at what they hit, what they don't hit and stuff. I remember that was a weird one. Cause like 
we obviously hadn't played them in the season at that point, but I don't remember facing them like at any point in the minors. And I feel like that happens a lot. Like I remember facing a guy in the minors or something and that kind of can, you know, help me or sway me one way or another with a pitch. Yeah. Because you get like the reports and everything, obviously that tell you like what their weak spots are, this and that, but like, it doesn't tell you how your pitch plays to their weak spot. You know what I mean? Like your two seam to Christian Yelich is different than a different, another lefties two seam to Christian Yelich. So like, seeing them and then facing them multiple times it's like oh he really struggles with that I can go back to it yeah and it's like you you face them and like you say just like you know it's two seam in like if I there's you get a lot more comfortable once you've done it multiple times like I've thrown this two seam inside to Christian Yelich multiple times now like I feel a lot more comfortable doing it now than the first time I faced him for sure yeah, first time facing Goldschmidt, just you yeah. look up at the board, he's hitting 350 with a 1,200 OPS. Like, once you get him out a couple of times, you're like, all right, I can get this guy out. It's possible. He got me good last year. I, I, I fared decently well against him this year, but, I mean, he is an intimidating at bat. Like, you have, like you cannot just throw a cookie up there. Like, it is – it's intimidating. And he, and he doesn't swing at balls. Yeah, he doesn't swing at balls. That's the thing. It's like, gosh – Talk us through your off season. What's the, what are your off season plans? When do you start throwing? What's uh, what's it look like for you? Started throwing like a week and a half, two weeks ago, just playing catch. I've been going like three or four times a week, no further than 90, 120, which I don't even really do that in the regular season. Like I get back to like 120, that's about as far as I'll go. But I'm getting the arm moving, lifting weights and stuff, doing my normal stuff. Um, out in Arizona, I've been going to the uh, facility to do all my stuff. So got Keegan Noel and Nate's going to be out there soon. So that'll be good. And then, yeah, we bought a house out in Arizona. So we're home right now for Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, and then we'll probably go up to Connecticut to see her family for Christmas. So full off season ahead. It's nice to be able to go into the facility there and use it. I know last year was a little bit different for everybody, but to actually be out there and, you know, he referred to Keegan as our major league strength coach. And then our major league PT is going to be out there for at least a week or so. So it's nice to be able to work with that staff and see those guys. It's it's so nice to have that and just to be able to communicate with them and like be on the same page with them. It was definitely a lot different last year. Take me back to, I want to make sure I get the story straight. It was 2020, right? When you went up for like the week and didn't pitch, right? Bitch. And then you got and you debuted in 21, correct? Yeah. Tell us like how mentally that was. Cause I was with you at the alt site. And I remember like when you got called up and like that was awesome. And then you didn't pitch and then you like just go into the offseason. You're like, man, that kind of sucks. Like, what now? Like, take me into like how you felt about because that's just crazy to me. It's like, oh, like I-, I was there, but they didn't use me. Like, I don't know. So I remember the situation, like we, I think it was a COVID situation. Like some people got yeah. COVID. Like, I kind of knew going in like, this, like I'm there for like an emergency or yada, yada. And none of the games really dictated for me to get in the game. I'm pretty sure all the games were like pretty close while I was up there and stuff. So nothing really, you know, gave them the sign to put me in the game or whatever. And then, uh, yeah, I was up for like, I want to say like five to seven days. And then like two days after they sent me down, I like messed up my hamstring shagging BP. Yeah, that's there. right. I remember that. I remember that. And then you just had to go into the off season. Like shit. Like I was so close. <laughs> like I was there. It, it almost happened. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, it really mentally, if anything, it kind of helped me going into the next season. I was just like, you know, I've already proven myself that I can get there, you know, just, mm-hmm. you know, get the opportunity to get in the game and take advantage of it. 
for sure. And then when you got up in 21, it was out of the bullpen at first, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how was that going back and forth? Because I know in 21, like you started as a reliever, then they made you a starter and then you came into 22 and it's like, do they want me to relieve? Like, do they want me, like, is it tough going back and forth between like, I don't know, like, am I going to start a game? Am I going to come out of the pen and throw three innings? Am I going to close a game? It's uh, it's really easy going from starting to relieving just because like, I mean, usually as a starter, you're built up. And then mm-hmm. if you go to, I can just let this eat for one inning. And when I, when they put me in the bullpen, that's kind of how I looked at it. I was like, I should go out here and just let it rip for one to two innings. If they need me for a third, I can do it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of, kind of that's kind of how it was and then when they moving back to starting it was kind of an adjustment trying to like build back up again work through lineups multiple times it took like I feel like it took me a second to like get all that back whereas in like in the minors I was always starting so I never really had to think about coming out of the pen and stuff but um just a minor adjustment I would say going from like relieving to starting yeah what was it like coming back did it feel like you were like okay this is what i've always done like this is natural or was it like all right i pitched out of the bullpen in the big leagues now let me figure out how to go do this for five six seven innings because you were a starter your whole career until the big leagues correct yeah yeah so i would say going back it was like i proved i can like go through a lineup one time and then i'd say what the adjustment was is just like going through the order that second time and then figuring out you know, a third way to get them out. You know, that's, I would say that's the biggest adjustment. And that's kind of where like, you know, the, the big difference is, is getting through that order the third time. I mean, if you go CG or something four times, but I would say that's the big separator, you know, especially like relieving and starting, like you have some scenarios where reliever might face guys multiple times, but it's not very normal, but that's definitely for me, the biggest adjustment, especially like being four seam slider dominant. And those are my kind of two main things. Like, figuring out ways to get through the order multiple times definitely was the big changer for me. I mean, that's, that's the, the reason why Andrew Chafin had the failed starter t-shirts because those guys, you know, bullpen guys, almost all of them came through the system as starters and then go out there and blow it out for an inning or two. But it is like, that's what separates it. That's the difference. Guys that can start in the big leagues, they get through the lineup two, three times. They find ways to move their pitches in and out, command the zone, keep the pitch count low enough to actually do that. It's like all those things too. You're learning how to do it at the big league level because you can get through a minor league lineup, but you get to the big leagues and that lineup gets a lot, a lot deeper and figuring out how to do that. That that just reminded me. That's definitely another thing is the pitch count because it was like early on in the year. I was I would come out of games early, just like not necessarily getting hit around or anything. Just my pitch count would like kind of back early, whether it be just walks or just like deep counts after deep counts. Um, I'd say making that adjustment around the all-star break or right even right before the all-star break, I really started like cutting down on my waist pitch, like non-competitive pitches. Um, I felt like that really helped me a ton as far as like limiting pitches and whatnot, getting deeper into games. That's a huge difference in starting and relieving. So you come out of the pen, it's like, all right, I'm throwing my nastiest shit every pitch. And if you're starting, yeah. you're like, all right, maybe I, I just get a ground ball first pitch. And that's perfect. Yeah. Like you come out of the pen, you want to strike everyone out, you use a starter, you're like, ground balls fly balls like quick outs like how quick can i get back in the dugout yeah you need you need them competitive pitches like the the one like the four you let eat and you like miss arm side and it's just like not near the zone like mm-hmm. cutting them like cutting down like the spike breaking balls that nobody's ever going to swing at and like making them a little closer to the zone a little more competitive was definitely a big for sure still can i ask you something about bullpens yeah what kind 
what kind of technology do you use in the bullpen? Do you ever look at Rapsodo? Do you ever look at like in between starts? Do you ever look at any of that stuff? It's okay to say no. I just am. I'm very curious. I'm aware of it, but like, like I, I like I know what all the numbers mean. I'm aware of all the technology and stuff, but at the end of the day, for me, it's like. I got to know like what the ball is doing, like, and feeling like coming out of my hand. And if I'm in that spot, then the numbers are going to be good usually. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. And there's definitely situations where I'm like fooling with the slider, fooling with the grip, and I'll uh, try something different. And I'll ask them their input on if it made it a little better or a little worse and kind of do different things that way. And yeah, with the change up and sinker as well, like just messing with grips and stuff. But for the most part, like, like, if it's my bullpen in between games, like, I'm just going in there 20 pitches off the bump, making sure everything feels good for my next start. And you're trusting that if something is off on the numbers, the coaches are going to say, hey, it's off. And if they, they're not saying that, yeah. then it's all looking good. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so 20-pitch bullpen. Take me through your five-day. 20-pitch bullpen, where does that fit in? Take me day one to start day. Okay, so start day, uh, next day would be day one. I'm doing a lot of recovery stuff, you know, elliptical biking running whatever got my lift that day i'm getting some a lot of stuff done in the training room ice cold tub uh hyperbaric chamber whatever i can do to recover um, is that a, is that a massage day is that a massage day for you yeah, or yeah. like a trainer yeah. stretch day or both it's a massage day okay yeah get my arm rubbed out and everything that day and then the second day is um you know another workout either i would go I would go um, lower the first time and then um, upper the second day. Do a lot of shoulder work that day. And then um, – And shoulder work day, for you is like – is that like stability stuff? Is that like stretching? What's that shoulder look like? Um, tripod, a lot of dumbbell like tripod, straight out, 90s, a lot of like external – I mean, I don't know all the terms and stuff, but like lay back, just like cranking on the shoulder. Basically, whatever, whatever the trainer tells you to do. You're like, yeah. sure, let's do it. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I was I was notorious for going in that training room and asking Nate what I had that day, and he would like give me the like scientific term of what I had, and I would just like look straight at him, like you know, I have no idea what that <laughs> yeah. is. You show me what that is. Show me, and I'll do it. Yeah, that's how I am in the training room. But short, like short work is definitely important. Like coming back from Tommy John surgery in 2017, I realized how important so shoulder work was. So yeah, once you once you have an injury, you you realize you're like, man, I don't want to do that shit again. Like I'm yeah. gonna do everything I can to stay healthy. So that's exactly. so day two, day two's workout, shoulder stuff. Probably yeah, more, more tubs. Yeah, day three would be my bullpen day. You know, just kind of show up to the field, get do whatever I need to do to get ready for uh 20, 25 pitches off the bump. And my bullpens are like they're pretty simple. I'm gonna start with the four seam glove side, try to throw like three to five consecutively right there. I'll go to the other side with my four seam. I'll throw my two seam over there. If I'm feeling frisky with it, I'll try to front hip a two seam to the other side of the plate. It's usually not there, but we'll try it. And then um, the change up, I throw, you know, change ups, try to keep them at the bottom of the zone. And then I'll finish with like two batters. And then that's it, lefty righty. And for people that don't know, for the, for the listener, when he throws the two batters, a psychotic uh, coach is standing in there in the bullpen and uh, being the batter with no bat and probably no helmet. Yeah, no, nothing at all. No helmet, no bat. 
not even a glove, just standing there. I remember Boris last year would like get like he'd like stand in there for a second. As soon as your body releases, he backs out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It takes takes a lot of trust to be in there, especially like when you're on the field. You don't think about it at all. But when you're in, like I've stood in on some pens, and when I wear a helmet, but when you're in that like it's, tight setting of a bullpen, it just does not feel right. It it is completely different, and it sometimes like it depends on the situation like it kind of bugs me if somebody stand like has to stand in on my bullpen it depends on the setting and stuff but there's situations where i'm like like trying to work on something actually and they're like has to stand in my like, oh yeah sure i never say no though yeah a couple more years it's, like, it's always tough not. to say no but it's like sometimes you're like ah, i don't know man kind of working on yeah. something i'd hate Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I'm not also, trying to rib cage here, man. Going up and in, up and in under the hands cutters. Watch out. Yeah. If you're luck. working on if you're working on something, like you don't want a guy in there where you're worried about hitting. Like you don't want to hit your teammate. So like you're not you don't want somebody yeah. in there that you're worried about hitting when you're trying to work on something. That's like if we were doing a cage routine and some and we were like really grinding that day and somebody came in and was like, Can I jump in with you? Like, no, fuck off. I'm trying to get my work in. Get away. <laughs> What's day four? I'm going to get through all these five days. What's day four? Day four is kind of like a small recovery day. Like I kind of get my like forearm ran through a little bit, make sure it's good to go for my start day. Um, just kind of maintenance and make sure my body's ready to go for the uh, start day on day five. And then day yeah. five, I go out there and rip. Let her rip, son. Yeah, and like my throwing program before the game happened. I don't know if you've ever seen it. You probably haven't because it's very short, like 10 to 15 throws at 90 feet, get it going, and I go to the bullpen. You basically just get loose enough to get on that mound, and then you're like, all right, save all the bullets for when it's Not time. Not wasting any bullets. Yeah, that's um, I'm a big, firm believer in bullets. Save them well, for the game. That's why you got it. You probably never saw Hayden Wisniewski. He didn't start. Yeah, he did start. He like long tosses, like pull the pole before it start. I'm like, aren't you just exhausted by the time you get to the mound for pregame? I would be. I've, I had some starts this year where I was just sweating down, and like if I would have been like having a whole throwing routine before, like I wouldn't have made it past the second or third. Like I had to like only throw ten or fifteen. That's I. I don't get how some starters do it, making like. 30 40 throws pregame at like 200 220 and then getting off the mound and throwing like 40 before the game even starts i'm like you got another 100 to go man like save especially especially with adrenaline too because like yeah you don't really need to like yeah you need to stretch but like i'm sure any pitcher could go out there before starting be like all right i'm ready to go like just like yeah. you're amped up ready to go and you're like oh i can keep throwing and by the time the anthem's over and you're sitting there waiting for your team to hit you're just like oh my god i'm gassed Exactly. 100%. And like I, the day of the start, I just like throw in like over 200 feet. It's like you're not going to be making a throw or a pitch over 60 feet, six inches. So it's like you just need to like maximize that distance and you'll be good. I agree. I'm with you on that. Steely, you guys got anything else for him before we let him go? I love you. Thanks for coming. I love on. you. <laughs> I'm pumped that Steel loves our pod and that he was so excited. I was very excited to do this. Like when you text me, I was fired up. Let's go. That's awesome. I love yeah, that steal. I appreciate go. you. Appreciate you listening to the boys. Always, always listening. Please uh, tell the family hello for us. I will, of course. You have a Especially wonderful off season. We'll talk to you soon.
Thank y'all so much for having me. Y'all have a good right, season. You guys. Appreciate you, Steely. We'll talk to you soon. Steely, Steely's the best. I just want to say, Tom put this in the in our chat. Seven. This is his uh, line in the second half. Seven starts, .98 ERA. Sub one, .98 ERA. 36.2 innings, 47 punchies. Is that, is that good? good? Well, I remember I would check. Like, I would, like, we'd have the Cubs on in the training room, whatever, and, like, I feel like every time I looked up later in the year and Steele was starting, it's like, oh, it's the sixth inning and the other team has zero runs. Like, <laughs> what is happening? Like, so Steele shoved again. Yeah. Dude, I, he, kept seeing, I kept seeing tweets and it's just like, oh, another quality for – and it was like a better than a quality start. And I'm like, oh, my God. It'd be like Steve. six innings, like eight punches, three hits. And it's like, oh, a quality start. I'm like, no, that's like fucking shoving. Like, that's a really, really fucking good quality start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was awesome to see because I love Steely. He's the man. Before we move on, I need to talk about Roman. Go to what do you think about Roman, huh? <laughs> I love Roman. I think it's the best, and I'm really excited to see you get through the ad. If you're experiencing ED, there's help. Roman is the digital health clinic for men. Genuine FDA-approved medication for as little as $4 per dose. I this is uh, I don't know. It's been a little bit since we've read a uh, Roman ad, but I, if you remember, Dakota, you were in a bathtub. I am. I, I can't wait for the commercial. I'm in talks. Uh, me and my agent are in talks with Roman to get that done. Yeah, you in a bathtub at the top of a hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, Roman has a special offer for listeners. 20% off your first order. The website is ro.co slash compound. Ro.co. That is ro.co slash compound for 20% off. Maybe you'll see uh, Dakota in a bathtub on the site. By the way, we haven't talked about this yet. I think we should talk about it. Dakota, officially a free agent. Hey, hey, this he is, is. What talk about brought to you by Roman. Dakota's a free agent. Got no no bites right now. Got my lure out there in the water. No bites. Nobody's biting. Hey, how's it feel though? Seriously. Gotta play the well, game, man. Gotta play the game. How does, how does it, it feel? Horrible. How does it feel? <laughs> Horrible. Being a free agent sucks because you're sitting here like you, you're leading up to it, and you guys know, like, everyone talks about it, like, oh, I can't wait till I'm a free agent. I can get out of here. Like, first of all, I always love the Cubs. I love everybody in the org, like, the staff coming up. Like, there are a lot of guys. Like, you build a lot of relationships. And then you get to being a free agent, and you're like, I don't have a job right now. Like, come March, come February, where am I going? I'm still at home. So it's scary. You, you don't have to explain to people if you don't want to, but – if you're comfortable, can you explain to people as a minor leaguer the difference between being a team-controlled minor leaguer and how much you get paid versus once you finally are a minor league free agent and, like, the difference that that makes? Oh, 100%. Like, I'll literally give you the exact numbers. A paycheck this year, per paycheck, I would get $1,000. And I think – I don't know what the minor league free agent minimum is. I think it's 7500 a month. Does that sound right, Ian? Not that you would ever know. It sounds, it sounds big right. leaguer. Does it really? A big leaguer. I think it's seventy five hundred a month. I want to say is minimum. I don't know if there is a set minimum, but I have never heard of anyone making less than that as a minor league free agent. So that right there is thirty seven fifty per paycheck. I mean, after taxes, you're probably getting twenty five hundred, two grand. But that's over double already, and that's the minimum. So like, so, once you become a minor league free agent, if you get a good deal, 
And like a lot of guys will get like split deals and this and that. But like for me, who's never been in the big leagues, like say I got a contract for 10,000 a month next year, that's already like quadruple a paycheck. What I was making the past six years. And for everyone who's listening, that is two grand a month. What you were making last year is two grand a month. Yes. That's for Correct. six months. Uh, yes. Correct. That does not include spring training. That is only for six months. So that's 12 grand on the year. You do not get paid in the off season. So when he's saying 7,500 a month, that's still by six months. As, yes. You know, and that's a but, massive difference. Massive. But, but you look at it, six months. The, the only thing I will say is like, say you make 10 grand a month is a minor league free agent. Cause that, that's just a number I choose. Cause that's what a lot of guys I talk to. That's what seems to be a very common number for a minor league free agent to get. That's like making 60,000 a year, which is like, that's like, okay, like that's, you got a good job. Like you're making good money. But if you say you're making uh 12,000 a year, it's like, wait a second. What? Yeah. So it's like live? being, getting to that point where you become a minor league free agent and you get to actually, and you're not under team control. You get to sign a minor league free agent deal is a big deal because you're you know you're actually making a livable wage at that point which is, it is but it sucks of the unknown of is the team going to sign you correct but so i'm gonna had, have ian you've call had Jed plenty of success before and you're an intriguing you i understand where you're coming from i don't know about intriguing i'm 28 you're 6 12 i'm intrigued I'm intrigued too, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll uh, might be coaching eleven U baseball come the spring. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> I'm gonna play these clips back for Dakota when he signs the contract. Like, well, I, it's just I I am telling the people what it's really like. It's like, oh, like you get to sign wherever you want. Like, where are you gonna pick? It's like, where am I gonna pick? Like, it's not where I want. Like, I would love to resign with the Cubs. If the Cubs said we want you back, I'd sign at the. I'd say what color ink. So for me, it's just like a, we'll see if you get an offer. I don't know if your agent loves that. I, we have no negotiate. I got no negotiation. What's my leverage? Hey, he's 28. He's never been in the big leagues, but he's a great guy. <laughs> he's a lot of fun in the clubhouse. He's a vibes guy. I'm a, I am a vibes guy. I take pride in being a vibes guy though. We all need I got one. people. I got Jared young begging me to sign back with the Cubs. I said, Hey man, you were in the bigs this year. Make some phone calls for me. Well, the, the other thing that's tough is that, you know, you don't you don't get to pick and you have to wait until they like say. So oh, yeah. if nobody's if nobody's calling till December, till January, like that's just when you get to make the decision. So you you're not going out. I mean, your agent's probably going out there and proactively saying like, hey, is there interest? Hey, is there interest? But until somebody mm -hmm. actually wants to put the piece of paper in front of you. Nothing happens. Well, and, and it takes time because the offseason unfolds. And exactly. As guys sign, then decisions get made. Like their top priority aren't, oh, like let's get our triple A reliever first. Like let's not worry about getting Carlos Correa. Like we got to lock up this triple A depth guy. We need him. You know what I mean? And that's why I get it. Like it could take time. Like who knows? But it's, uh, <laughs> it's all it is. He's got good vibes, though. He's got, got good vibes. vibes. Good you vibes. get in that locker room, and that locker room has fun. That's a fact. We will have fun. Well, I always They're throw play one for play locker rooms getting a new vibe next season. Am I going to have a zero ERA? No, but I'm going to have a hell of a good time, and so is everybody else on that team. There's going to be some people on the Twitter sending messages to their team saying, mm. get us these vibes. If we don't have these vibes, how are we going to play next year? I, I'll take a job as like a – 
I'll be the bullpen bitch in the big leagues. Like I'll just, I won't be on the roster. Like you just pay me like a hundred thousand dollars. I'll get the gum. I'll get the seeds. You want me to carry the ball bag? I'll carry the ball bag. Here, I'll throw a little spider tech on it. I won't tell anyone. Wink, wink. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm just saying. It'd be a good time. I think every, I think every major league bullpen needs that. Yeah. Like, you could blame it all on me. Like, oh, this guy was cheating. Like, yeah, Mekis must have put it on there again. That's Get him out of here. That crazy guy. <laughs> Boys, I have a competitive Sloan screen time today. Competitive. Like, if I low? get beat. I will be shocked. Oh, mine's not good. I, I'm not. If you that. need, if you, let me, I was in a lot of places in the last four days. Okay. A lot of airports, <sighs> a lot of airports, three flights, three days. Saw a lot of toilets. Saw a lot of automatic flushers. You know what the only ones I went in were? Sloan. Sloan. And guess what? They were the majority of the flushers because they're everywhere. If you need automatic flushers, hand washers, Sloan valve, what was your screen time? 358. Fuck. <laughs> I was I was trying to bluff you guys. I thought I had a really good day, actually. Damn it. 408 felt it? really good. 408? Yeah. Tom? 812. There you go, Dakota. Oh, wow. gross, Tom. Ew. Touch some grass. Go touch some grass, Tom. 233 for me. That's just that can't even be you had your phone. It, it must have been dead. 233. Hey, he's got an dead. hour. He's got an hour. At hour behind us, daylight savings too. Like it's you know the whole whole thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure how that works, but it all goes together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was episode 136 of the Compound Podcast, brought to you by Parse Rum. Go get yourself a our bottle first for the of holidays. many guests. Give it to hey, a good friend. Job, Give it to a family. This is the off season no. of guests. Off season of guests. Dakota, nice job. Next week, I'm gonna have someone who actually responds to my text messages and wants to be my friend. Or maybe Zach has to step up. I don't know. Oh, yeah, Zach, you tried to get a friend. You think you whiffed your friend, too, man. No, I didn't whiff. He just was busy. See you next week. Is this over? It's over. Now we're done. We're done.